Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Um, How many jam nights have we played Wishing Well at over the years? My yeah, God, no, yeah, we just, used to play know? it in Roadrunner, didn't we? And it was, it was. Did a, we? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, one of us did. <laughs> God knows what I was doing. <laughs> Greetings, welcome back to the Guitar Smarts Podcast. If you are an everyday gigging guitarist, this is the podcast for you. Firstly, this week we are celebrating having reached 20,000 total downloads for our humble little podcast. That's 20,000 individual listens across the 62 episodes of Guitar Smarts. It's a huge milestone for us and we're very grateful. Anyway, this week, Kieran and myself are talking about what we think are the best ever guitar riffs in classic rock and roll. Everyone loves a great guitar riff and we are aren't short of choices so you might find some surprises in this conversation but fear not if you head to our link tree in the description of this podcast you can find a link that will take you directly to a spotify playlist of all the songs mentioned in this podcast housekeeping remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast app why because you'll get alerts when a new podcast is released and that means you won't miss another show if you've already liked and subscribed and listened to us regularly and use the link tree in the description of this show to leave us a rating or a review this is the best way to support us and it helps us to grow use those links to get to our social media pages links to our buy me a coffee page if you do feel generous and links to some of our spotify playlists other than the new one that you'll hear about today come and see us on the social media pages especially on the guitar geek hangout page where you can interact with karen and myself that's about enough from me let's get to it Make a start. How are you doing, buddy? Well, yeah, really good, mate. Really good. The week has flown by. Um, autumn has definitely hit in the UK. It feels yeah. rainy and grey, but not my spirits. I'm in a good mood. Uh, I don't have any gigs this weekend. No, uh, sadly. Uh, but I've got lots of parties because it's my youngest son's uh, seventh birthday to, ah. today, which is nice. Uh, and uh, it is 
friend of the show, Mr. Damien Lodrick's birthday uh, this weekend as well. So it's a weekend of parties. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, happy birthday, Demo. I guess when you hear this Demo, your birthday would have been last week. That's right. You've, you've just recovered. So. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still alive? Yeah, How hard, exactly. how hard did we party? Who well, knows? A lot can who happen knows? in a week. I don't know now, but by the time he listens to this, when it comes <laughs> out, then we will know how hard we partied. So it's a weird kind of back to the future thing going on there. Ah, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's it. Would the party happen without us having this conversation now? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah probably. Mm, some kind of paradox going on. <laughs> oh, that's melted my head. That's, that's, done, that's done me. That's melted done me my already. head. How are you, mate? How's yeah, things with right. you? I'm good, yeah. I'm good. Busy with work, but um, mm. no gigs in the diary. So when I'm sitting down to play guitar, at least it's mm-hmm. just kind of, um, I'm trying to work on things now, getting back into a bit of a practice routine, which is great because nice. I've, I've been dying to do that. And, you know, I think that's why I got into the rut, you know, that I was in kind of in the middle of the summer was because every time I was playing guitar, felt like I was just learning songs for gigs. And, um, and then I just kind of got into this pattern of not really enjoying playing guitar momentarily. I yeah, think. I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Whereas I do, now I can I sit do. down and kind of go, oh, great, I'm going to work on this and that. I'm going to try and write something or just practice something or play, try and learn a lick that I've never learned before. You know, it kind yeah. of feels like I'm being more, uh, you know, progressing more in, in areas rather than having to play guitar when I don't want to play because I have to learn something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good. I'm, I'm, I'm doing You seem good. happier. You're always happier when you're in that groove and you get the balance. But it's like a, <laughs> I'm the same. It's like a seesaw, right? There needs yeah. to be the, the, the other bit of it as well because then when we spend too much time practicing and playing all of this, then we're like, man, I need to get out there and gig and try some of this stuff live. And I want to get it all like to see what it sounds like live. And I'm missing that. And then, when we get into a routine of just doing gigs at the weekends and we get mm. tired and we can't be bothered to play guitar during the week and practice. So then you just feel like you're just playing Mr. Brightside on repeat and that's all <laughs> the guitar playing is made of. And you're just like, is, is this all I am now? So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's the seesaw effect, isn't it? But yeah, good to hear that you've, you've thrown yourself back into the other side and, and you're <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I really want to get to a jam. And I think when we say this every week, uh, I really want to get getting, to a jam. Like, it's hard at the moment with work and stuff. And, and I, I keep forgetting. Getting. I yeah, keep forgetting. I, I keep thinking, oh, it was Thursday. Crikey. Coming yeah. To I, was text- I was texting the guys last night about something, in fact, about the topic of today's podcast, and they were dutifully replying credit credit to the wonderful hive mind that we have, <laughs> and they were coming back with all the answers that I needed. And um, and then they went, right, we need to play the first song of the jam. We're just about to start. And I was like, I forgot the jam. I was like, what am I, you know, anyway, every, <laughs> every night they're, they're there ready to go, and they're just about to play, and I'm, I'm literally sitting two minutes down the road having forgotten about it Uh, we need to get a day in the diary for the jam Mm, we say this we say this every week we've been busy we've been busy we've been gigging we've been mowing lawns I've been cleaning cars Doing some work. We say that every week too. Raising families. I know it's like the Groundhog Day podcast. <laughs> just for listeners out there, this is episode number sixty-three. I think. Yeah, in case I think you're wondering, it like, is this just the same as every podcast? No, no, it's going to be different, folks. It's going to be different. <laughs> oh dear. 
So nothing new for you? No new guitars? I'm just checking the wall. No new uh, guitars? No. No, they've been moved around a little bit. Uh, yeah. Ones have been played. I've been playing a lot of classical... Well, I've been playing a lot of nylon strung uh, guitar this week. So like you, oh. I've gone back and started playing stuff. And um, Do you remember we mentioned, I think, on, on the Greatest Guitar Intros episode we did a, a while back, there was one song which was um, Anastasia by, by Slash's kind of band, the, uh, the latest band that he's got out. The, the song's a few years old now, but I've been meaning to learn the intro for that for a while. It's kind of like this um, classical-esque finger style mm, piece mm. done on a done on a nylon string. I sat down and I, I'd learned it a bit previously, but then as my brain gets older, you know, literally I hadn't played it for a few months, so it's simply erased itself from my memory, which is really <laughs> annoying. So I had to relearn it, but it came back really quickly. So I've been playing that. And then while I was in the groove of doing that, I thought, how much else can I remember of all of the kind of finger styles, classical guitar-based stuff that I used oh. to do? So I just went down a bit of a rabbit hole with that. So yeah. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I've been enjoying that this week and and uh, rekindling my love of former songs that I used to know. <laughs> like like, like yeah. seeing an old friend again for a long time, but, but they're getting really annoyed because... Yeah. Yeah. Can't remember. Can't remember. Interesting stuff, though, because I bet I bet you surprised yourself, didn't you? I bet you surprised yourself with what you did know. Do, do you know what it, it, it? And this is testament to something we've discussed on the podcast before, you and I definitely, which is around this mis- mythical uh, beast called finger memory, right, or muscle muscle memory, and yeah. and it's genuinely, it's genuinely a thing, man. Like when I, if I, if I, if I'm trying to recall a piece that I haven't played in a long time, and I'm concentrating too hard on trying to remember it and get it back up to the speed that I used to play it and all of that, I can find myself getting very frustrated really quickly because these are things that literally used to just fall off of my hands, like, mm. like walking and breathing, you know, decades ago. And because I don't play them that often now or, or you know, at all, sometimes it goes from your brain and you get really angry and frustrated because you're like, man, I spent ages learning this and I yeah. had it down to like a pro- professional gigging standard. And now it's just gone. Then if I start to get into that spiral of things, I, I really get get wound up. Mm. And and then I if if I just relax and just sit on the sofa and just have the guitar in my hands and just almost like let my mind wander and let my fingers just recall uh, the piece, it comes it comes back and and I'm sitting there going I have not even a clue consciously what I'm doing. It's all just latently there somewhere in the back of my brain and my fingers are remembering like subconsciously. It's it's a weird thing. It's Isn't a weird that thing. interesting? Because I wonder if that is applicable to loads of other things in sure. in life. You know what I mean? I'm like sure I'm sure singers who who you know struggle to remember lyrics, maybe if they let it come to them a little bit more, be a bit less yeah. kind of focused on it, and if yeah. it just comes to them. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's really yeah. really. Well, interesting. I found that a couple of times. So to answer your question, was it rewarding? And I surprised myself. Mm. I, su- I surprised myself again at how like how. Um, important it is to keep refreshing yourself on pieces otherwise they will just go and recalling Mm -hmm. them becomes a frustrating exercise but I also surprise myself that they are still there somewhere but it's finding and trying to access them in a way that you don't get frustrated or think about it too much because if you do it's almost like you can't grasp it you can't grab it it's like a it's like a memory or or trying to remember a dream where you just the more you think about it the more it eludes you and the more it (laughs) Or, so or, or, or when you look at a word, 
words too much and, and you deconstruct it and you go, this word just doesn't make any sense to me anymore. It's lost all meaning. It's mm. kind of like that kind of sensation where if I try to grasp it and try to make sense of it, it's gone. Mm. It's gone. And my music theory isn't, isn't to a standard where I would go, okay, well, clearly it would be this next chord in this progression because of this key and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. It doesn't, my brain doesn't work like that. It's literally all by ear and finger memory and then it comes back and then it just flows again and yeah so interesting anyway i think i think i've dwelled on that enough uh and no i haven't bought any new guitars this week but i have bought a couple of pedals tell me about them now So I bought a couple of pedals. Okay. Uh, One of them hasn't arrived yet, but I knew it wouldn't because it's on back order. Uh, But I had to buy this pedal and uh, I have never heard it, but the whole mythology around it just appealed to me so much that I had to get one. So I'll Mm -hmm. tell you about that one. And then the other one is here. Okay. It's sitting next to me. And I haven't heard it. I don't yeah. know what it sounds like. And, and, I, and I can't plug it in and play it because it's not for me. But I've had a quick peek <laughs> in the box and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's just like <laughs> staring at me, go, going, try me. And I'm like, I can't, you're not mine. So, <sighs> yeah. so which one do you want to start with first? The one with the mythical story that I haven't heard about, but that I've purchased on a whim and, and is on back order. Or, or the or the or the mystery box. So when you say it's on back order, you, you're not saying it's another one that you that's been on the wish.com catalogue. <laughs> so back order from China. Container ship at the moment going through the Indian Ocean. <laughs> may or may not turn up in seven years' time, and, and then exactly, be nothing yeah. like what I ordered. It. I'll just open the box, and it'll be like some rubber bands and like some, your, like, your famous clone clone on at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my famous clone clone is getting traction, mate. I tell you, people go, I've heard about this. And I go, yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, right. So yeah, let's start with, I'll start with the, I'll start, no, I'll start with the first one. I'll start with the first one. So I read in a guitar magazine, mm-hmm. it was like a tiny little article. Uh, and I've started getting back into guitar magazines. Well, I say that I've started subscribing to them again because there was a special offer on. So I ordered a few. I haven't read any yeah. of them. They're just like piled up in the corner of my room. I'll give them to you once I've eventually got around to reading them. There's a little, yeah, there's a little snippet of an article in there um, about this pedal, right? Uh, UK made, handmade in the UK. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. A little UK pedal builder. And it's called the 1991. And I was like, okay, hmm. great year for music. What's yeah. this all about? And basically, it's a, uh, a pedal builder in the UK called Andy, who runs a company called Funny Little Boxes, which I think is a wicked hmm. name for yeah. a little BC cool. pedal builder. Uh, and he, he uh, I, I don't know the full story, uh, so I can't go into it in details, but effectively, uh, it, it, the long and short of it is he was dead uh, <clears throat> a little while back, a couple of years ago or something, by a friend who uh, has a famous YouTube channel and is in a Pearl Jam tribute band. He was dead by his friend to make the perfect Pearl Jam uh, clone pedal in a box that replicated the the full range of guitar sounds from the album 10, which is one of Pearl Jam's seminal albums, right? Uh, And on a budget for £99. That was the challenge set to him. Long story short, this guy, Andy, at Funny Little Boxes, set to work, did all the research into their rigs, what what circuits would he need to look at, what how to recreate their tone, what kind of other 
the pedals are getting involved. In the end, he had to re-engineer the whole thing from scratch. It wasn't a clone of another pedal or anything like that, although there are influences from mm. other different bits of rig that they use. And he's nailed it. By all accounts and, and purposes, he has nailed the Pearl Jam 10 sound of both guitarists uh, in Stone Gossard, Mike McCready, in one pedal that is um, decorated uh, with all of the kind of colouring and, and uh, design nods that the album has got. Yeah. So you look at it and it looks like the, the, the album cover in, in kind of its its, yeah. its design. And people are going nuts for it, so much so that this little boutique pedal company exploded and he had a waiting list like for months trying to keep yeah. up with the back orders of people that wanted this pedal. Um, then I read about this article, went to order one and found that the, the poor guy had been diagnosed with a, with a with an illness, which he's thankfully recovering from now. And it yeah. sounds like he's on the mend. Um, he's put all of this on his website. You know, he's given full disclosure to people as to why he's, he's, you know, having to ask people to be patient while he keeps up with these orders. So obviously then that scarcity thing kicked in. And I thought, I want one of these even more. Like the Pearl Jam 10 album was one of the seminal albums of, yeah. my, of my youth. But more importantly, it's got that grungy rock sound that goes everything from the rhythm guitar playing through to the soaring lead solos where I go, wow, if someone can get all of that in one pedal, I reckon that'll be a killer live pedal to use in a kind of bluesy rock setting because you've got such a spectrum of of different tonal palettes. Anyway, the guitar reviewers have gone nuts for it. Um, The waiting list is off the the charts for it. I looked on eBay and people are selling them for like three, four hundred quid because you know, of the waiting wow. list. Anyway, he sorted out his manufacturing. He's, mm-hmm. he's got back on in the, in the game. And now the waiting list is only uh, a month. So I'll get mine in October. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I ordered one of those. I thought for 99 quid, it's got to be worth a pound. Is that it? 99 quid? That's it. 99 quid. <laughs> that's, that's great money for a boutique pedal, especially something like that, because that's not like a tube streamer clone. Or do you know what I mean? You'd expect if you're, if you're, if you're buying like a boutique pedal, you'd expect to pay, um, you know, maybe if you're buying a boutique tube streamer or something like that, or, you know, a, a variation on something, which a lot of pedals are, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you buy like mm-hmm. a, um, you know, if you're buying like the King of tone or whatever it is from yeah. from uh, analog man you've probably yes. got a two-year waiting list and you're paying for upwards wow. of four five hundred dollars for yeah. uh, two marshall bluesbreaker clones that he's yeah. adjusted the design of it's not even a custom yeah. design it's yeah. like also with um a uh, way huge if you go if you mm-hmm. get the way mm-hmm. if you get like the green rhino you're buying mm-hmm. a tube screamer clone a lot of these boutique yeah. guys are just doing variations but it sounds like yeah. this is a custom design that nails a specific sound that people have been asking for and it's 99 quid i mean and that's just a steal quid. it's that's a steal. steal that's the cost and of just a you know that's a 10 20 quid more than a blues driver well, <laughs> well, there, there, there you go and it's and yeah. i love the fact it's uk made <clears throat> and i love the fact that this guy did it on a dare Mm. because you know a mate of his who is in the Pearl Jam tribute band and is a credible you know musician and YouTuber in his own right so he was able to critique yeah. it and help him tell him if he got it or not and yeah. and you know he's got it he's nailed it in Fantastic. this pedal and it's it's exploded his business and now he's got a whole range of other pedals that he's going to be releasing once he's got around to, to finalising them so it's That's exploded awesome. his business so I love the fact of that and because I love that album and because in my head just thinking about the tonal palette of the guitar that's on on those albums i reckon that'd be a killer pedal that i could use live in a whole bunch of different settings and 
as you say, Matt, it's not just a clone of one pedal. Yes, I mean, they use tube screamers in their rigs and they use all kinds of other kind of uh, pedals, but this is trying to replicate the signal chain. So what pedals they're using plus what amp they're going into, or, uh, you know, and, and yeah. so it's it's, yeah. it's it's more than just a clone of a pedal. It's yeah. like a clone of those guys' guitar rigs as well as the pedals and amps they were using. So, yeah. That's quite a, that's quite a breakthrough approach, isn't it? Because, you know, I guess the sound you're hearing on that album is not just the guitar rig, it's the microphone, it's the that's preamps, it. it's the desk, that's it's the compressors, it. it's the mastering of the album. That's it's it. all that stuff layered in yeah. to be able to replicate all of that is quite a feat. All of those it? songs for both guitarists' parts off an entire <laughs> album. So you can literally go, right, I need the sound for the intro to Alive off that album. Yeah. Um, uh, that Dial it in like that. Okay, I need the rhythm tone for Jeremy or whatever. Yeah. Um, for those that are familiar with the album, you'll know the tracks I'm talking about. Mm, I think I just, I just love that concept. I think it's really cool. Um, I mean, I don't play any Pearl Jam songs live and, and I no. don't really play them when I'm practicing, but it's a seminal album and I'm, and I'm, oh. I think I, I just want to gig the pedal and, and see what, what's that. That's tonal, a must have palette album, it's got. Isn't it? Oh man. Isn't it? Oh, 10 Pearl it? Jam. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What an amazing album. So yeah. there you go. And and a little plug for Funny Little Boxes. Um, I'm sure I won't explode watch. your waiting list any further singly on my own because the, the likes of Guitarist Magazine, etc., have got hold of it and they're, they're going to have a bigger impact factor than I will. That's how I heard about it. But, yeah. um, um, nice to plug uh, a UK pedal builder and, and wish him well on his uh, health recovery and also his business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well... <laughs> Good, interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing how it sounds when you finally <laughs> yeah. get it, mate. Yeah, man, I'll lend it to you once I've had a play with it and see 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 what you think of it. Cool. But yeah. Well, what? Yeah, and see, what um, see if you can do it on your Helix. Your Helix can obviously do all of that. Do you know what? Actually, I don't know how well the Helix takes pedals. I think it does. A lot of people use mm. Helixes with pedals. Mm. Um, mm. But uh, yeah. Anyway, shall we shall we get on with what we what we're talking about today? Don't don't you want to see the second pedal? Oh yeah. Sorry, I forgot about the second pedal. Yeah. Sorry, man. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> eaten into my time well let's let's see if you recognize this first so i've got I've, you can see my hands are reaching for a box right i've oh, yeah, it yeah. delicately because this isn't this isn't mine and i'm not even going to take it out of the box because you don't want to damage it for you know you but know, you i do want to show it though. to you I'm, t- I'm very tempted but it, but but <laughs> See if oh, you goodness can... me, what is that? Okay, so Kieran is showing me what looks to be like a an SLOD overdrive. Is that Steve Luke of the pedal? It is. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, wow, is, that is so indeed. cool. And that, that's, it's, yeah, so he's got that on his board now, hasn't it? And isn't that like a... Yeah. Um, it's like three of his... Is it three of his favourite pedals in, in one kind of signature? It is. Yeah. It is. Amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So that will be winging its way <clears throat> as, a, as a birthday present to a friend of the show. Mr. Damien Lodrick mm. for his big birthday this weekend. As you know, he's a bit of a Luke of the fan. He is a serious so, uh, Luke of the fan, isn't uh, he? he? He won't hear this episode until he's received his gift, <clears throat> but I'm dying to hear what it sounds like. And it just looks like the coolest pedal ever, man. It's like three different gain stages, all editable, yeah. and you can layer them in different ways and just have lots of Toto-esque fun yeah. on it. And, and Luke is using this on his, on his board now. Yeah. He says it's an absolutely killer his lead tone's always been just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, there is the sure. man. <laughs> there we go. We got him into an episode again. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I don't, there we I go. don't regret that at all. Absolutely not. 
Sorry to interrupt this conversation. However, if you've made it this far, you should definitely subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast app. Go and do that now, then come right back. Welcome back. Anyway, so, so right, did, yeah. what are we talking about this week, Karen? So, I think we we thought it, it's been a little while. We've gone we've gone a bit nerdy in the last few weeks with mm-hmm. some gear stuff and and some some very heavy philosophical debates yeah, as right. well. So, some heavy mm-hmm. stuff there as well. But you guys out there listening to the podcast and and Spotify users in particular mm-hmm. have been going nuts for the episodes that we did around um, greatest guitar solos of all time. Yeah. Um, one of our most popular episodes and downloaded and um, greatest guitar intros of all time, right? Absolutely. So um, we thought, hey, there's got to be something in this that we can do do a little bit more. It's always good fun for us to discuss the songs that Absolutely. we love and how we would create a list like that of our own based on our own tastes. So today's episode <laughs> that we uh, agreed last night uh, is, <laughs> is around the greatest guitar riffs of all time. Mm-hmm. So this is something different, right? This is the riff. This isn't the solo. This isn't no. necessarily, this isn't necessarily, although it may be the intro. This is the riff. The yeah, exactly. Movie. So I was thinking about you know? this last night. I was kind of like, right. oh, there's going to be an overlap. Like, like we've never had, one of the things that I've always been surprised about is you and I have never really had too many clashes in terms of, you know, we've both selected the same things. We generally always kind of go, yeah, you know, actually we've selected different things and it's ended up being, I kind of feel like this is the one where we might have more overlaps, but I've I've made quite a big list. (laughs) Have you? So I, so okay, yeah. Yeah, but one of the things I did want to say is I was thinking about this last night and I I thought, does this overlap with like intros? But I guess not Mm. because not every song that we did on the intros was like a riff based intro. Like one of the ones I think I chose was Reeling in the Ears by Steely Mm -hmm. Dan. And that's not a riff intro. It's just a great guitar solo at the beginning. So this has really been interesting thinking about, you know, the, just the, the kind of the, the, not just the iconic songs and the intros you can think of, but I've been trying to think of some things which I thought actually that's a really, really great riff and a really great, um, you know, idea that a song's been built around, uh, that, you know, maybe people have forgotten about, but I'm looking forward to this one. So you've got quite a long list, right? We said we'd come up with ten each. Ten, yeah, I've got I've got ten right. main ones. Have you got any? Have you got Have you got any backups to that? I have also? got backups. Yes, because I, I want to see if I can. I, I want to see if I can introduce a rule without it completely messing up your yes. your system. Do, are you Are you up for it? Let's, yeah, let's definitely, see. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, let me let me tell you what the what the rule is. I mean, it's a, it's a guideline, right? Because <clears throat> again, when you and I were chatting about this last night, very briefly, actually, we thought this would be a, f- a fun thing as a, as a two parter, right? So yeah. we could give give our listeners a bit more bang for a buck and also get them thinking about about the next episode and 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 they can input into our social media about how to shape the next episode on this so we're talking about the greatest guitar riffs right of which there are thousands of songs we could choose from and thousands of riffs yeah. right so so there's there's more content than we can or more options than we can possibly whittle down so let's split this into two parts. Let's have today as what I would say are the classic, you know, um, riffs that represent historical, you know, significance, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Al- almost, almost, I would say, if I had to draw a line, right, mm-hmm. and this is maybe, maybe my stipulation, anything pre the millennium. I, I agree. I yeah? agree. Yes. Shall we? Shall we say that's the cutoff? I, I like right? that. I really like that cutoff point. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I'm glad you said that because I. Yeah. I think, cool. 
I think that really helps us to, um, you know, define things which are kind of like classic riffs or, or riffs from a time where it was still quite emergent to have yeah. this kind of music. And yeah. then stuff which is still great to listen to, but is maybe a future classic rather than something exactly. that is, you know, you'd put in the same list now. So stuff that's maybe been inspired by the originals. Yeah. Know, that's Inspired by or even just genuinely new. And you've yeah. got it, Matt. You've got it. Because what I'd like to, like, what I'd like us to do, and maybe with the input of our, of our listening audience as well, in a couple of weeks' time, or even in a week's time, we'll record the second follow-up for this episode, which will mm. be almost like the modern classics, the, the guitar riffs that are going to stand the test of time, that are in songs, let's say for the argument uh, that we've already laid down, they're post-millennial. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, let, that's still like 20, still, 20 yeah, still years ago. Of a century time <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's still more than some people's like, entire lifetime. I know, it just shows how old we are. But I think what we can do then i think is we can we can really have a look at those the those kind of more contemporary riffs that have exactly as you say been inspired by something that came a long long time ago mm. but also we can give recognition to some songs that are happening right now that we predict are going to be future classic riffs yeah. like in decades to come and and give that kind of acknowledgement because i'm kind of excited about some of the riffs that i'm hearing even in the last year or two that i think you know what that might stand the test of time yeah so yeah absolutely i think there's so many that will stand the test that's the of stipulation time. so there we go so that's the, that's the only thing i'd say so today anything pre-millennium is up for the list yeah 10 of your best, sir, and we'll make a yeah. playlist for everyone to listen to in the car or wherever, and uh, and we'll have some fun with it. There we go. And I will share the playlist link in the description of the podcast oh, as well. So amazing. Go there amazing. now, pause the podcast, go there now, get the link up, get the po- get the playlist ready and listen along as we tell you and talk about these excellent riffs. Shall we shall we start? Shall we do one at a time? Yeah, why not? Why not? And le- I wonder how as you say how much we're gonna we're gonna o- overlap. <laughs> overlap, on this. yeah. Um yeah. But what I I, yeah, gone. I, yeah. I was going to give some more context to how I've set, oh. started my list, but let's get into one. Let's, let's get let's, into one. All right, then. let's get into one. Let's get started. All right, then. So for me, the first one at the top of my list is not necessarily the best riff ever, but I think it's like it's probably the earliest one. I think for me, it's like I think of this as like the original guitar riff, and it is. Okay. I can't get no satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. <sighs> nice. I can hear it now. As soon as you yeah, said exactly. it, I've got the riff. Exactly. Yeah. It's going, it's playing already in your head. But yeah, that is yeah. like, you know, it's patient zero of guitar riffs. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe there's others early rock and roll, you know. Like, but, but still, for me, that is, yeah. you know, it, the song is defined by that riff. Mm. You know, mm. you hear that mm. and you just think that's, that's the song. You know, everything else that happens in the song comes second to that, that riff. But there we go. That's a great choice, mate. That's a great choice. That fits with my criteria. So again, sorry for the preamble, guys, but um, I'm over-caffeinated and super excited about this topic, and that's a bad combination, man. It's a bad... Honesty is admirable. Thank you, buddy. You know me. I'm nothing if not a blatant cheat. So what I did in in tried and tested format, and we've spoken about this on the show, is I texted immediately once we've decided this, um, my very dear group of... Of muso friends who we who we have on the uh, on on a chat group on WhatsApp, the, the 
the music rum and meat gang and um said to them guys this is tomorrow's podcast episode greatest riffs of all time uh any input greatly received that's it that's literally all i put yeah. out there yeah my god it went I, i've lost count of the number of messages that happened within a 15 to 20 minute period but yeah. it was a frenzy it was like dropping a hot dog into a piranha pond it yeah. just went it just it just went off it went crazy it was fantastic i don't think i don't think you're cheating though kieran i think you're just a very well practiced manager and delegator (laughs) that's what it is you just you just you know it's not cheating it's just allowing other people around you to do the work for you well i said i said to the guys and people got really passionate about this and there was so much amazing stuff coming yeah and it got and and then at one point um somebody said i bet kieran regrets asking this question right because it was just getting it was like growing like arms and legs all over the place it was just like i completed my assignment within within about three minutes but Mm. then it kept going for another 20 minutes and actually i thought you know what i've almost made this more difficult for myself than than i intended to so all of the guys had fantastic things but what it showed me is that this is such a personal thing right Mm -hmm. and then i decided right i need to stop now and yes i'll look at what the guys have sent in but if i'm going to narrow it down to 10 these have to be 10 riffs that immediately like give me some sort of emotional connection make the the hairs Mm -hmm. on my arm stand up and and make me feel like something because you can google uh, you know 100 greatest guitar riffs of all time and that it's all there right it's all there for you to to kind yeah. of pick right and the obvious ones will obviously be at the top of that list but i've i've excluded quite a lot of those because i thought they are great riffs they're incredible but this is my list right this is very personal to me such that if this list was played at my funeral <laughs> I, I i would be a happy man i go yeah those riffs sum me up that's my life that's my life in riffs oh, Excellent. So, so that's kind of this list. So yeah. it, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, no. but that's the whole point, right? These are my greatest riffs of all time. Yeah. And some of them feature on everyone else's list. Some of them might not, um, but, but they're personal to me because otherwise, how on earth am I going to narrow down like the thousands of songs that everyone feels very passionate about? Yeah. yeah. So that's, so that's, 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 that's what. so having said that, I'm going to yeah. start with like the one that features on the top of most people's list. Because it's also mine, favourite. It's Layla. It's Clapton. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. What a riff. And, and but that for me is memories of growing up in my house, living with my parents, my dad's yeah. love of Clapton, my gateway into Clapton, um, and you know, starting to listen to his playing, the tone of it, mm. and just that that riff, that motif, that repeats, and just. You just mm. think, wow, I want to play guitar. So that song is is not unique to me or my mm. childhood in any way, but I'm not picking that one just because it is one one that features in all the lists. Genuinely, for me, that mm. was my introduction to Clapton. I can remember hearing that in my formative years, my dad playing it, me stealing his CD and going and playing it up in my room and then thinking <laughs> when I started playing guitar, I want to learn how to play that because that's yeah. a cool riff. Right. It is a great riff. What I love about the original Layla riff as well is the layers to it, because you can sit at home and play the Layla riff by yourself with the calls, the whole thing, one guitar. Yeah. But when you listen to the recording as well, it's 
you know, there's there's uh, octaves going on. You know, there's, uh-huh. there's there's stuff being played in unison. There's 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 the wrist kind of broken into parts. You know, like the first part, it kind of rings out whilst the chords are happening just after it. And I just love the different layers that goes on. It's such a well produced riff because it must have been a single idea that Dwayne Allman and Eric Clapton mm. had, mm. but they managed to turn it into something more complex through layering. And I think yes, it's, it's, it's such a ge- not just a genius riff, but actually a really well-produced recording of a great mm, riff as well. Great tone. Good and choice. as you say, that I love that kind of octave shift that happens. Yeah. It's a tried and tested, like Rick Beato would have a formula for it as to why it musically <laughs> works and then he'd give you 700 examples like that. But yeah. for me, it's just like, I do that when I'm trying to work out a guitar part Absolutely. For, for a pub gig. It's just like, well, I'll play it here and then I'll just raise it up by um, an octave and just add some... Yeah. It's just like, it's just... Just full, foolproof. Absolutely. Yeah, great. Absolutely. That's a great choice, man. So that's number one each of us. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to go with my next one, which is, um, it's a cream song, oh. but, it's, but it's not the cream song that I think a lot of people would, would think. Yeah. Uh, for me, my favourite cream riff is Badge. Oh. You know, the one that they wrote yeah, with George Harrison. And, I, and, and actually, yeah. uh, maybe I should mention, there's two great riffs in Badge. Mm-hmm. There's the mm-hmm. opening riff, which is yeah. which is a really great introduction. And then there's the middle section, that kind mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. Um, you know, D major riff that's going on, which is just absolutely superb. Actually, one of the best guitar solos ever in that song. But Badge <laughs> by Cream, a superb, superb riff. Great choice, man. Great choice. Have you got any other Cream ones on your list? No. No, neither have I. So I reckon... <laughs> I, I reckon, um, like sunshine of your love, sunshine yeah. of your love came up quite a lot from from the group, and I know it features yeah. on a, a number of lists. And indeed, it featured on our greatest guitar intros mm-hmm. uh, list. And that's not the, the 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 reason it featured on that list is not the reason that it didn't feature on my list today. Mm-hmm. But but actually, without um, referencing our previous lists and just creating this list for myself, there are no duplicates on my list today that appeared on our other playlist, which is quite interesting. So for, for me, yeah. Sunshine of Your Love, it is a classic riff. It is incredible, but I also think it, it's warranted as one of the greatest guitar intros of all time. I, 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 so. I agree. And, I, and actually, I've, I've tried to, like you said earlier on, I, I, I've tried to kind of avoid the obvious to make this mm. more interesting for people because the obvious yeah. ones aren't always necessarily the best ones. And, exactly. you know, I think also, like you said, there's a lot of things in this list that's, that are personal to me mm. in terms of riffs that I love. Um, and not just ones that I think, uh, you know, the most known or the best. So I've tried to avoid the obvious ones in the hope of cool. illuminating some less obvious ones, which are still classic riffs for people to go and listen to. Perfect. And then we've got a playlist that's different, right? Because yeah. if, you, if you put into Spotify greatest guitar riffs, you'll have 20 playlists appear, but literally they're all the same. Absolutely. And you can predict what are on there. And that's great because they are brilliant riffs, but... I like the way that we're making these personal to us so that people can get mm-hmm. access to maybe some different songs and go, yeah, that is a great. Yeah, for sure. All right, next. Let's go. Let's go next. Whose goes it? It's your turn. Number two for you. Mm, right. Okay. This one for me, when anybody says to me the greatest riff of all time. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, it kind of symbolizes my age and where my formative years were and, and kind of is a bookmark for me. So there's so many people that will just disagree and go, how can you say that this is one of the top riffs that comes to your mind but it just is because this is this was my childhood and this is for me like one when I discovered what a great riff was not just a great song or a great guitar solo when I kind of went okay I get this riff 
concept, which is this guitar snippet, this repeating motif that drives the whole song and just kind of without it, this song would be nothing. Yeah. And so for me, Enter Sandman is, is just for me tonally and just like, it's just that memorable riff that just changed my guitar playing forever, I think. It's a perfect riff. And not only is it a perfect riff, but it builds beautifully, doesn't it? Yeah. From that clean part of the intro, and then they've developed it, the same riff into that distorted part. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that is, is, well, James Hetfield might be one of the greatest riff writers of all time, you know. Well, that was that was Kirk Hammett and Hetfield because oh, sorry. when you no well <laughs> I mean I but but this is the this is the beauty of it right is that when you look back and you see how that riff was written like because it was all documented as part of the um, the making of that album and you can there's a scene where like Kirk Hammett is jamming like at two in the morning in a hotel room with like a little practice amp and a, and a little Fender Squire Strat or something. Mm. And, and he used to record all of those little jam sessions, like just, and he just played just like nonsense, almost just, just stuff coming out mm. and play it to the guys like, you know, the next day. And, and, um, that's how that riff was born. And it wasn't like that. That was the, the, the riff then got chopped and changed and repeated elements of it between him and Hetfield kind of working it through. But it was almost like him playing an excerpt of his like late night, early morning ramblings on the, on a guitar just mm-hmm. jamming it that someone stopped and went oh what was that bit rewind that bit uh, okay what if we chopped it there and then repeated that bit and then repeated the whole thing a, f- a couple of times what would that sound like and they kind of deconstructed it and and, mm-hmm. and wrote it so it was it was almost like a, a, an idea for a riff born out of a, a, a kind of you know random collection of, of stuff that then somebody kind of tuned into and went hold on a minute we can develop that further there's something cool there and yeah that's the that's the beauty of, of that also taught me about how riffs can get written and constructed and changed mm-hmm. and I remember I remember taking that same approach when I was in an originals band at the time because I was like 17 18 when that came out and that's how we used to approach our kind of riff writing I used to go here so here's a bunch of ideas how can we evolve these into into the next yeah. to sound man yeah. or whatever you know anyway there you go amazing great choice dude right the next one for me super simple riff one of, and this is from one of, one of the most underrated bands I think to come out of like the British blues scene back in the 60s mm-hmm. um, and one of the most uh, criminally underrated guitarists I mean a very a, a brilliant guitarist but we don't talk about him enough these days and that's Wishing Well by Free oh, really gee. really great riff and obviously Paul Kossoff was a monster guitar yeah. player absolutely Tons superb days, died very man. young very tragically mm. uh, but Free you know with Paul Rogers it's an mm-hmm. incredible vocalist you know so many of their songs are really great great riffs but for me you know I picked out Wishing Well because it's just a classic really great song oh such a good riff I'd forgotten about Wishing Well Sim- so simple How many- as well just pentatonic <gasps> stuff just uh, you know, know. it's so simple um, it's how many jam nights have we played Wishing Well at over the years My yeah, God, no, yeah we used to play yeah. it in Roadrunner didn't we and it was, it was did a, we? yeah we did. <laughs> yeah well one of us did <laughs> God knows what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't know we did that one. God, yeah. see, I'm getting old, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, there well, we go. So there we go. Wish you well. Free. Cool, Classic. man. Great choice. Great yeah. choice. You got any other free numbers on your list? Nope. See, All Right Now appears all the time in the yeah, list. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, for me, 
you know, all right, all right now is a classic riff, absolutely. But it's not. Free, I don't think it's Free's best riff. I, I think Wishing mm-hmm. Well was is is a, a is riff. a better riff than All Right Now. But maybe yeah. All Right Now is a better song than yeah. Wishing Well. And yeah. so you know, that's 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 how cool. I feel about it. But anyway, next nice. number th- number right. what's what's it for you? Number three. This for is you? number three for me. Right. Okay. So I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. I need cool. to. <clears throat> okay. So this is one that literally makes something inside of me just kind of catch fire and mm-hmm. in a good in a good way not like thrush or anything just like actual like <laughs> emotional adrenaline right uh sorry you just <laughs> nearly fallen off your chair but um and that and and you mentioned this as well with like badge but there's like a few riffs in this song and every one is better than the last one and it just builds to this point where i feel exhausted by the end of this song and that is rage against the machine killing in the name oh yeah absolutely i mean the song the song was lost for a while and then it had a resurgence mm. and particularly in the uk and with social media and then somebody decided to remix or re-release it at some point a few years ago and didn't it didn't it make christmas yeah. number one in the uk yeah, that's or something? right in protest to x factor or something oh was that yeah. x, x factor yes yeah, so um, on uh, social media arranged it uh, uh, made some group saying uh, let's all download rage against the machine in protest to so to yeah. make sure X Factor doesn't get someone when it works. <laughs> Which is great, which is cool because it yeah. then introduced the riff to a whole new and the song to a whole new new audience. But for yeah. those of us that are that are aged like me, who remembers when it first came out and heard yeah. it the first time around, and remember hearing it for the first time with your mates at college mm. and going, "What is that?" Mm. And the, the I mean, yes, the song is full of wonderful angsty, like kind of rebelling against the system, kind of mm. you know tonality. But the riff. Mm. The three riffs in that song are just every time that comes on. Still, it and heaven forbid if I'm behind the wheel of a car and that song comes on, man, mm. foot is going to the floor and I'm going to drive like a nutcase. For, oh, no. for, for, yeah, it it's is a just, little bit like that, isn't it? It's it's just it just <laughs> adrenaline-inducing yeah, for sure. Pure adrenaline, yeah. wicked, wicked, wicked song, amazing, fantastic, good choice, man. So next one for me, and this is another. I, I mean, this is kind of an adrenaline-inducing riff, but again, this is another. Another one I think is little known uh, by a lot of people, and uh, but it means something to me because when I when I was playing guitar in the first few years, one of the bands that I really loved listening to for great guitar it was Thin Lizzy, um, mm. one of my mm. favorite albums. And actually, I think guitar intros wise, I think I mentioned some Thin Lizzy when we did, our, but not this it song. Is. But one of my favorite intro uh, intro, one of my favorite riffs of all time is "Don't Believe a Word" by Thin Lizzy, mm. which is just mm. super simple, but it's just this really rocking shuffle that's going on and it's just super simple riff at the beginning which they harmonise as Thin Lizzy always do you know the second part of the riff the, so the guitarist is, is playing a harmony of that riff and it's just such a great song don't believe a word Thin Lizzy I don't know uh, that I don't know that so there, there you go I'm going to have to go away yeah, and to I think it's one of the less obviously everyone knows boys are back in town and are still yes. with you and things like that yeah. uh, you know but um, don't believe a word um, is a fantastic track and I'll put the live version from cool. Live and Dangerous one because it's such a so much great guitar playing in that song. The solo's monstrous as well. Um, nice. There we go. That's my what's that? My fourth choice. Beautiful. So yeah. Okay, a great choice and one for me to go and listen to. Right. So uh, number four for me mm-hmm. is 
again, a song from my youth that literally stopped and arrested me in my tracks when I first heard it and continues to do that because of the preamble and build up of the song. Mm-hmm. And then this almost like earth shattering, uh, like juxtaposition as this riff and this tone comes in. Uh, and that is One Vision by Queen, uh, which literally like just again, just gives me that, that, that kind of electric feeling when I hear it. And it was a gateway song for me into Queen and Brian May. Mm. And I think it featured in the, it was in the Highlander film. Maybe I was watching Highlander when I was a kid. Maybe, I don't know. I think you, you, you're possibly right. Uh, yeah. it, uh, maybe it was in Iron Eagle. I don't know. I think it's just one of those songs that's been used in so many 80s films to evoke yeah. a sense of like that's excitement. Right. But um, yeah, man. Great, great. Fantastic choice. Superb uh, choice. Great riff. Great riff. And got me into Queen. So there you yeah. go. More than Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody was just always there in the periphery. And yeah. It was, it was a great song, right? But I saw it as a pop song. This this mm. got me into Queen as a, as a rock band. Fantastic choice, man. Yeah, great track. I love that track. Mm. Moving on for me, my next choice is, um, this is an absolute classic riff. One of my favourites to play. Um, if I ever, if I ever gig it, uh, and it's message in a bottle by the police. <gasps> I love it, man. That almost made what my list. What a it riff. almost made my list. I came so close. <laughs> I hate that riff. I can't play it properly. I mean, I can play it if I focus on it, but it's so tough. There's a stretch in there, which is just like, it's it all is. going really well. And then you just got a stretch in a, a feasible amount. And I'm just like, yeah. It moves around quite quickly as well. Yeah, but, it's great. Uh, you know, and Andy Andy Summers was a yeah Andy Summers was a fantastic, still is fantastic mm. guitarist. And uh, but yeah, message in a bottle by the police. You all know it. That's that's probably you know one of uh, only a few obvious ones that's on sl- my list. That's a slow. Oh, yeah, you say it's obvious, but it's a sleeper one. It's one of those it ones where actually. you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, I've forgotten. Well, it moves forgotten quite quickly that. into the verse, doesn't it? When you listen yeah. to the song, yes. and there's other great yeah. stuff going on, like the drumming in any police song is always ridiculous because Stuart Copeland mm, was a very yeah. unique it's, drummer he didn't always just like doing a backbeat no. you know um, but yeah that's that's that's, uh, that's up there with the best of them for me message in a bottle go nice have a listen indeed. okay uh, right now we're getting into real cheesy territory um, <laughs> so oh man I can't believe this is on my list but again this is my list and it's an emotional thing and it's personal to me and it reminds yeah. me of childhood I'm, I must have been in a really reflective childhood nostalgic mood when I made this list but yeah it's, it's Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. Man, that's a classic. That almost made my list as well. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Please. It's an absolute oh, classic. Please. I mean, it's just iconic sound and iconic. It really is. I mean, that is kind of like a, you know, there's, there's an, a, like you said about, you know, the, the, the feeling of boost when you listen to some riffs yes. and things like that. That is one of yeah. them, for sure. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If you're... If, you're about to go down the gym or something yes. like that. That'll get you in the Rocky Balboa mood, won't it? For, I know it's cliche, you know. but but I listened to it last <laughs> night to go, right, yeah. does it still have the same effect? I'm listening to all of these songs that I'm telling you yeah. about on my headphones at night just before I'm falling asleep going, have I got the list right? And I said to myself, right, it's got to pass the test, right? Mm-hmm. Do all of these evoke a certain kind of like something? And yeah. I thought, does this one still, really still press play? Yes, it does. It's just... <laughs> 
Yeah. Any. Superb choice, man. Right. Yeah. Next one for me. This yeah. is a, this is a, this is not an obvious one either. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if, if, uh, you know, I'm sure a few people know this one, but I imagine most people don't. I've put this one in my list for my dad, right? Cause I oh, reckon, nice. I reckon nice. my dad's at home listening to yeah. this podcast. He listens to the podcast. Hi, dad. Um, hey. he's listening. I bet he's screaming out for this one. I could oh, be wrong. That's cool. To, that's cool. And it's, uh, and it's Frankenstein by the Edgar Winter Group, which is, did you, have you ever heard of the Edgar Winter? Edgar Winter was, nope. um, he's an amazing saxophonist. He's, you know, he's played on loads of stuff um, for people, but he's also a great musician all around. He was uh, Johnny Winter's brother. So, you know, wow. remember Johnny okay. Winter, the blues guitar, yeah, so yeah, Edgar yeah. Winter sure. was his brother. Sure. And he was a bit more of a rock prog kind of guy. Yeah. But Frankenstein, uh, the Edgar Winter group, um, and I think it's from the album They Only Come Out at Night, which is actually full of great riffs and great mm. classic rock songs, like 70s. A really 70s vibe but yeah Frankenstein by the Edgar Winter Group go and listen to it such a great I'm track. going to mate so and good. I love the fact that you've, you've you've given one there to your dad okay, <laughs> man. So that's really cool man that's great that's good yeah. Because it was because he used to have, he had the album on vinyl, um, so it was one of like if I was ever at home going through the you know my dad's vinyl collection, I think that was one of the ones yeah. I'd see. And it's quite it, you can't miss it because Edgar Winter's on the front of the album himself, looking like he's flying through the earth. And if you remember <laughs> what Edgar Winter and Johnny Winter were like, they were albinos, right? So they yes, were yes, long yeah. white hair, you know, completely yeah. white skin, and just yeah. it just it was just very arresting looking album. Yeah. You kind of go, I'm going to listen to this guy, and then nice. Frankenstein comes on and. And yeah, amazing. I love that. I love that. I yeah. love the personal story behind it. That's that's the whole point of this. Absolutely, this, this, yeah. this is our greatest riffs of all time. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Right. Cool. What's next for you? Uh, next one is one that you've mentioned before that you were surprised didn't feature in, um, I think, my intros list. And uh, But it's for me, it's, it features on this list because it is the riff, that repeating motif that anchors the entire song from start to finish and, again, evokes that guttural kind of response that makes me, in this instance, this song makes me want to get up and play guitar. And I often sound check with this riff okay. because not a lot of people know it. Um, so, it, so it makes people go, ah, what's that? Um, it features some nice single note, uh, lower string kind of uh, stuff. So I can test my tone with that. But I also can chuck in some of the like little comping um, yeah. uh, accents into it. So I can test out the, the the full range of the guitar and and get some chords in there in the riff as well. So it's a great awesome. one for me for sound checking because I can test out all what elements of my tone. And that is Always on the Run by Lenny oh, Kravitz. Yes. Uh, but obviously Slash on guitar. Yeah. Uh, and I just love that riff. It is just such a well-constructed yeah. funk, rock, bluesy Amazing. riff that I've just played for years as, as a sound check riff because I love the song and I love the response that I get from that riff where people go always ask it. Either they know it and there's like that acknowledgement where they go, huh, I haven't heard, heard anyone play yeah. that for a long time. I didn't know that anyone else knew it. That's what they say. <laughs> or they go, what is that riff? Yeah. And they go, man, it's this great track by Lenny Kravitz and Slash. And you need to go it's check it out. It's an awesome absolute song. classic. And I, draw, yeah. I love about that riff as well is Slash's super gnarly martial tone. Mm. as well it's, it's really kind of like bright without being yeah. you know overly bright it's just yeah such yeah. a really just fantastic I love yeah, the way she starts yeah. it with like the pick slide as well yeah you know yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the song just comes sliding down before he starts that's so rock it's so it's rock so and rock. roll isn't it it's so rock and roll it's <laughs> one of my all time it's one of my all time 
Brilliant. Fantastic. Good choice, man. Right, next one for me. I think this is number two, three, four, five. This is number seven for me, so we're getting okay. into the last three or four now. Right, yeah. so whoever said the Beatles couldn't write riffs? I think <laughs> one of the greatest riffs of all time for sure is the Beatles and paperback writer. Yes. Absolutely. Amazing. Super really like, it's a great proper riff. rock riff. Just a it really great really simple riff. Great song. And I and I and really that's such a, a classic for me. It's a really everything that they did was always so good, obviously. But you know, anyone who says that they couldn't write riffs, you, you just need to go and listen to paperback writing. For sure, they could. There's so many. There's a day tripper. Yeah. I mean, there's just oh, yeah. so, there's so many great riffs that they do. And I think that is just I'm so glad you picked a Beatles number. Um because <laughs> I wanted to, but I didn't have the personal story behind it because I've only got into Beatles in, in recent times. Yeah. But yeah, man, great choice. Great. Absolutely, man. Number seven right. for you. Go for it, dude. Right. This is, again, slightly cliche territory, but for me, this is growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, when MTV was a thing and mm. music videos were a thing. And, mm. you know, you used to, you didn't have on-demand television, so you would just sit and watch MTV and see what they were playing in the hopes that a song would come on that you really loved. And every time this song came on, I, the video was epic. The riff is just just awesome. And it's got that tone and it's got that feel still to me to this day. And it just reminds me of growing up watching music television and just hoping and waiting for this song to come on. And that is Aerosmith's Walk This Way. It's oh, just absolutely classic, man. That is just, amazing. Just there. It's just got it. It's just, yeah. It's, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant choice, man. Right. Fantastic. Next one for me. So, this is a deep purple riff. Oh. But it's not smoke on the water. But it's not. <laughs> yes. It's not smoke on the that. water. I smoke on that. the water is an absolute classic riff, obviously. Mm-hmm. But too mm-hmm. obvious for me. And for me, yeah. the again, a better riff, I think. Less, you know, not as known as that is Black Knight. Really, really yeah. great song. Classic. 60s, sorry, 70s rock song. As everything Deep Purple did was, but Black Knight, fantastic riff. I love that track. Yeah, I love man. the I love the fact you've gone for that rather than Smoke on the Water, which again features on so many people's greatest riffs, and it is great. But but Black Knight is arguably better. Say that I don't know. I don't we're saying know. it. We're saying it. We're saying it. All right. Yeah. We're saying it. We're saying it. We're saying it. Right. Next. Right. <clears throat> okay, I got three more. Cool. Here we go. So uh, this one, I don't know if you'll know this one. Maybe you will. Um, I really struggled to narrow down a riff from this band mm-hmm. because the guitarist was just visceral and talented beyond belief. Again, like Paul Kossoff, you mentioned earlier, died far too early before before he peaked. I would say. <clears throat> uh, and the band is Pantera, like super heavy, mm-hmm. like rock mm-hmm. metal band. Died um, band. Dimebag Daryl, just like a mm-hmm. legend, man. Like the, the riffs that came from that guy from on tracks like Cowboys from Hell, um, tracks like I'm Broken, just, <clears throat> just, just honestly, again, seminal riffs for me growing up that just made me go, how is he playing that? How is he getting that tone? How did he write that riff? It's just ridiculous. But the riff that I've chosen is, but is from the song uh, Walk, which is just a heavy ass guitar riff that just punches its way into your ears Mm. Uh, so Pantera's Walk and it's just again that idea of a repeating motif through a song that just makes an impact Um, it's yeah it's 
one of the first riffs I remember learning when I was trying to learn how to play awesome. riffs. Yeah, I don't know that one, so that's I'm, I'm looking forward to having a listen to that. And, uh, it's vicious. Check it out. It's vicious. It's vicious. It's As vicious. everything should be from Pantera. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Exactly. You know. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Next one for me. So this is what, number eight, I think, for mm-hmm. me? It is. Um, yeah. This is one of my... So you, you spoke earlier on about the, the Lenny Kravitz and Slash one as being like yeah. a riff for you that you play quite regularly when you're sound checking and stuff like that. This is one for me that I like playing when I'm trying to get a particular crunch sound, something in between, okay. you know, so this is, for me, this is, I get a really good... If I can play this and it feels good, um, I really like the clarity of a, of, the, of a crunchy sound. You know, you know, it's not oversaturated, you know, it's bright. Mm. Enough, you know, and that's Rebel Rebel by David Bowie. That's a great, yeah, that's a great, so super a simple riff. riff. It's kind of like you know, it's 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 just open some open strings just around D and E, really simple, you know. But there's a lot of it's a bit chordal and the single line stuff going on. And I just love that kind of simplicity, but it still sounds really cool. It's, it's that fun tone, to play. isn't it? It's that yeah. tone. It is exactly that tone, isn't it? Yeah. That kind of broken up, clean on the verge of breakup kind of. Can it yeah. can it sustain the clean notes well? Can it still sound like a chord when you strike that? That's exactly it. Really great. I love that song as well. Just a classic. Tune, man. Yeah, man. So there we go. That's, uh, I'm just double checking now. We have the one, two, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, that's, oh, that's nine. I've done that. Yeah, nine, nine. which I thought, yes, just one more for me. So, okay, uh, number, what is this for me? This is nine for me. Is, it's a weird one. Um, because a lot of our stuff has been rock based so far, but this, I think, I think counts. I think it counts as a riff. I hope it Mm. does because, uh, I still haven't mastered it and I still need to. And I've got my own approximation of it. But every time I listen to it, I'm like, I must sit down and properly nail that. And that is a track called Scuttle Button by Stevie Ray Vaughan. And in terms of like, (sighs) yeah, just (laughs) like, just listen to that and you have to stop everything else you're doing because your brain can't multitask whilst listening to that song. It's impossible. No. Right? It's not a song you can put on in the background and try and do something else too because, especially if you're a guitarist, Mm because you will just stop and listen to it and go, it sounds really simple but it's so blisteringly fast that how can I, how can I play it? And so you, you play it and you get there and you almost get there and then you lose it and then your hand goes into cramp and then you think, oh, I'll try it again later. And you invariably just, just never get it if you're anything like mm. me, but you, you keep trying because it's, because it's, it's blazing. Yeah. That is absolutely bla- I mean, I'm just thinking now of like Stevie Ray Vaughan playing that and just thinking you know, only he could come up with something like that. <laughs> That's it. He's a particular kind of guitarist and somebody with that, a certain level of not just skill, but like audacity to play something yeah. like that in a blues. It's ridiculous. It's like finger twisting. You yeah. know, it's so fast. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, so, it's so for such a fast thing to be going on. And it's hard to kind of get exactly right. I've never really yeah. tried to play it because it, it's one yeah. of those I listen to and just think, Forget it, Matt. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. But it's the one way you just have to put in the hours, yeah. um, build it up slowly and keep notching it up in tempo. What he's playing yeah. isn't particularly difficult if he played it at half that speed. Yeah. It's, it's, it's playing it up to speed and keeping it articulate and, mm. cl- and clear. Mm. And not turning it into a into a into a mess. Mm. Absolutely, there you go. good technique song, but an Very awesome good riff. Technique song, awesome riff, awesome riff. 
Cool, we're right. down to our last ones. Down to the last one. So the last one for me, and I love this riff, and I've got to say, this is probably the riff I'd play the most if I sit down just yeah. to... So like Rebel Rebel was something like particular. I love playing that. It's a yeah. great riff, and I like how it feels to play when you've got like a nice crunchy sound. But if I'm, if I'm, if I'm then happy with the crunch sound that I have, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to dig in and play something, this is what I play. I just love playing this so much. And it's, uh, it's Only Love by Brian Adams. Oh. The song he did with Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. so good. It's such a good riff. Just super simple. It's just like D, C, A, B flat, and then it goes to the F. F is the one. And it's just, uh-huh. it's just that. It's just so simple. But I just, oh, I just love that riff so much. Oh, I haven't heard that in ages. That it's is so the track great. I'm going to go and listen to straight after we finish today yeah. because I'd forgotten that one. And that's yeah. another sleeper for it's me where sleeper. you just it's go, just oh. so, such a great riff. Such a great riff. Oh, what and a wicked one to finish on. Nice. Right, number 10 for me it is uh, probably a cliche, probably features on most people's lists. But for me, this was what not got me. I mentioned a few that made me made me kind of get into, into you know, the art of the riff and playing guitar and made me kind mm-hmm. of think about, you know, what a riff is and, and how can I play it. This one got me into music. This And then it's only in latter years where you go, the reason you got into this is because it's got a killer riff. Mm. But I didn't know it was a riff at the time. I didn't know what no. it was. I was just like, what is this? And and this is the song that got me really into music when I was like five or six or something. Really? And, and it's, yeah, man. It's wow. uh, Michael Jackson's Beat It. Oh. The riff on that. Yeah, man. that is a great riff. Yeah. That just hooked me into yeah. the whole album. And then Thriller and all the other tracks off it, Billie Jean, etc., etc. The hits just keep coming. But it was that track that just got me into music and got me passionate about music. And when I think back as to why, yeah. it's that riff. Yeah. It's that riff that did it. Wow. Yeah. And do you know what, actually? One of the things I always loved about Michael Jackson's music was, I think for a lot of albums, or certainly starting with um, Thriller, with Beat It, is he always had like the guitarist of the day come and do a song <laughs> with him. Like when he had, when he did the Bad Album, it was Steve yep. Stevens and Dirty Diner, which yep. is another great riff. And then when he did Dangerous, it was Slash, wasn't it? He got Slash yep. and they did Give In To Me, yep. which is another um, amazing That riff. is one of my favourite guitar solos of all time oh, that my, was that on my I hope that was on my greatest guitar solos I don't know time. if it was I don't think it was <gasps> oh, I don't want to add that to the playlist yeah that, that was, was one, one of the best greatest guitar g- solos of all ever, time ever ever <sighs> yeah right well then we've done it we've done it dude yeah, we've we're going to leave it there because yeah, I'm going to shoot but I know you do I know. so we've got so next time we come back when uh, maybe not the next time but the time after we're going to do mm-hmm. the modern riffs the modern the classics, classics the modern future classics that's it and we'll put it out to the, the wider group that we've got on social media the guitar geek hangout and feed into it what are the riffs post millennium but yeah. also just like happening right now yeah. that you go this this riff is going to stand the test of time and I'm going to be listening to this riff when I'm in my 80s and my kids mm-hmm. are going to be going this this is amazing this guitar song from back when you were younger dad there you go there we go <laughs> brilliant dude right have a cracking weekend a cracking week thank you all the best uh, demo happy birthday for the weekend as well hey. have a good one enjoy your new uh, your new gift and I'll see you on the flip side mate mate see you soon pleasure all as always bye bye cheers bye bye Thanks so much for listening. Great conversation again. If you like what you hear, then remember there are 62 other episodes going back almost two years that you can check out. Go and enjoy them. Anyway, best wishes. See you next time on the Guitar Smarts Podcast. Guitar Smarts.